The Back Post. A-League. With Francis Leach on ABC Grandstand Digital. Francis Leach. On ABC Grandstand Digital and online. Early grand final last weekend. It was a gem of a game. And soon the attention turned to the Socceroos and their trip to Brazil. Lucas Neal, the focus of attention this week when the FFA said he would not be selected ahead of the team being named. Extraordinary in and of itself. And then you got a little sense that some of the senior players have been unhappy with the way Ange Postacoglu's approached the non-selection of the veterans. Sasha Ognanovsky was on Fox Sports this week talking about that and he was none too pleased. I came back to Australia obviously with the view of uh, you know being here in the shop window so we can watch uh, my games. Uh, you know, I played every game. I, you know, backed up, and if he needs an experienced player, yeah. boy, all you know. But I've just, uh, yeah, in that side of things, I don't think he's contacted um, many of the players that we've seen recently that have retired. You know, some of the, the ways that some of the retirements have come out is 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 a bit uh, disrespectful. Disrespectful. They're strong words from Sasha Ognanovsky. Strong words. Let's catch up with Dave DeRouge, the Chief Football Writer at uh, the Herald Sun and News Limited to talk about that and uh, then Lucas Neal for that. G'day, uh, Dave. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. I was going to say, uh, before we get started, that track had Kel's fingerprints all over it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> oh, you guys. being harsh. Francis is in charge of the music, not me. <laughs> well, you're taking over the turntables, Kel. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to you turntables. What area are you living in? <laughs> Dave, what, what do you what do you make of uh, of Sasha's comments? And does it uh, express a deeper discontent amongst the senior Socceroos and former Socceroos about how Andrew's going about things? Not that he cares; he's busy fashioning a squad he can work with. Yeah, it does. It's it's no surprise because that's uh, I guess what happens when a culture of entitlement uh, permeates through the squad as it did with the Socceroos under Holger Rossick. I mean, these guys were finding out as soon as, they, you know, squads were um, decided by Holger Rossick and well before the public had find out, uh, you know, what the squad was. And, and you know, a lot of the older players were uh, were basically, uh, you know, booking holidays and, and the, you know, future making future plans around, uh, you know, games, qualifiers, tournaments, just knowing that they would make the squad and... Uh, Everyone's on edge at the moment, from uh, from the oldest guy to the youngest bloke, and uh, I think it's uh, it's welcome. It's uh, it's going to be a really interesting World Cup, uh, exciting, exhilarating, scary. But uh, I think it's a change that uh, that had to be made. On Sasha Ognanovsky, I do feel for him because he's been a fantastic contri- contributor, and I do personally believe that he probably should uh, go to the World Cup. Uh, well, he obviously, he's, ob- he's obviously not going after those comments. Well, to be honest. Um, to be honest, uh, look, Sash is... I, I don't think Andrew's contacted too many players. He contacted Lucas Neal, um, and I spoke to him the other day about it, and he said, look, Lucas will be afforded that uh, respect because he's been the captain for the last six years, but there won't be too many other players, if any, that uh, that, that will get that phone call. And I think you'll find the likes of Tim Cahill, Mila Yedinak, uh, you know, the regulars who've been there and will go to the World Cup. I don't think they've, uh, they've received phone calls either. Everyone is on edge. Um, in terms of Sash, I mean, there was a, a camp with the A-League players last week. He wasn't a part of it, so you'd think the writing is on the wall for him. But uh, it really is a changing of the guard, Francis and Cal. I mean, uh, Brett Holman announced his retirement, what, a couple of weeks ago. Mark Schwartz has obviously left. Harry Kuehl hasn't been a part of it for a while, but he's retired. And uh, now with Lucas and uh, potentially Sash, I guess, following suit, uh, it's going to be a very, very new-look sufferers. 
And so the Lucas Neal decision, no great surprise really, Dave, let's be honest. But what about the fact that he told the coach, and, and, and we know that Ange said he wasn't too happy when he had the telephone conversation with him, which you can understand because uh, he's put everything into this Lucas Neal. But the decision to say, no worries, coach, I accept your decision, but I'm going to, at 36 years of age, continue to push ahead and try and make the squad for the, uh, the Asian Cup. Yeah, I think we need to get Detective Columbo on the case in terms of uh, how this all unfolded because uh, we know that there was a conversation on Monday night between Ange and Lucas. Uh, who made that phone call? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was uh, pretty sure it was Ange. And uh, thereafter, um, I mean, there's been a lot of backlash as to you know why and, and, and when it was released. Oh, I think it was a bit of PR wizardry, to be honest. But the word is that Lucas actually, uh, as soon as he found out, he asked the FFA to release the information and, and what it has done is it means that now when the squad is announced on Wednesday it won't be about Lucas that's been done and dusted and uh, I think we will be very much uh, very much looking forward but um, look I, I do admire his grit and determination I guess it's part of the reason that uh, you know he's had such a long and successful career but to be brutally honest I think uh, reality will set in at some stage and uh, I think Lucas Neal has played his uh, 96th and last game for the Socceroos. And, and you know, it's a shame in a sense that uh, it, it ends in a way that seems to be in acrimony because his contribution is enormous. And his you know, emergence in the, at the 2006 World Cup as one of the players of the tournament uh, was one of the, you know, shining lights for Australia in a, you know, a couple of magical weeks. Yeah, absolutely. He's been he's been immense. Uh, you know, he was very good during this. Uh, well, not the, the entire qualifying phase, but you know, certainly those three clutch games in June uh, against Japan, and then uh, coming back here uh, to uh, to Australia against uh, Jordan and uh, and Iraq. So, um, you know, he, he's played a key role for for a number of years. He was obviously immense at the 2006 World Cup. But look, it's not about Lucas now. It's about the Socceroos in the future. And you know, I look I looked at the stats the other day. The fact that such a talented player like Reese Williams, who unfortunately is out of the World Cup due to Achilles injury. The fact that he only has 14 caps to his name is disgraceful. He should have had 30, 35 by now. He's, he's been... I saw him make one of his uh, first appearances back in 2009 against Ireland. He was fantastic. Um, you know, Matthew Skoranovic only 20, 21 caps. And you can talk about his career choices and whatnot, but, you know... Tony Popovich has shown belief in him this season and he's repaid it. Um, and I can go on and on. So, you know, it's not just about Lucas. There's a lot of these older players, you know, Luke Wilkshire, I don't think he'll be making the squad uh, um, and a few others. So I think it will be, uh, you know, very much a, a changing of the guard. And uh, because a lot of them aren't playing regular football overseas, Andrews, I guess, got to, um, you know, identify who's got upside, uh, you know, who the talented players are. And one of those, I guess, is Curtis Good, who he handed a debut to back in March against Ecuador, despite only playing a handful of first-team games overseas. And he hasn't played since with, due to injury, so that's a major concern, as is Tommy Rogic, who, you know, Kevin Musket insisted doesn't suffer from osteitis pubis when I asked him about it. But he's no-show for them. You know, his, his trip back to Melbourne to play for victory has been a miserable failure. He's barely been able to get any continuity at all. What's the future for those two in this squad, do you think? Yeah, Rogic was going to struggle wherever he went because he, he has had these groin issues for quite a while. So he's in the squad the last week. I think they're in Adelaide. Um, I'm not sure how uh, well he's going. I mean, he's, he's no he's no chance of playing 90 minutes now. Um, I, I think his best bet in terms of the World Cup, uh, in terms of his role, is is an impact role. Um, but you know, if he's not even if he's not close to full fitness, I'm not sure that he'll go to the World Cup. To be honest, as much as uh, you know, he is a talented player. 
Um, but the other one you mentioned, Curtis Good, uh, he strained a hip flexor against uh, Ecuador. Um, got back to training a few weeks ago, strained it again. It's not too bad, but uh, he's back at training at Dundee United. And the other one's Trent Sainsbury. Yeah. Who, uh, Sliced his he, leg. It was shocking. I mean, he signed from the Mariners to go over to, uh, to Holland. Debuted it three days after getting there. Had a fantastic game, leading 2-1 on debut, and then landed on a sprinkler. Um, after about 76 minutes, hasn't played since. Um, him and Curtis Good are obviously defenders, and the fact that Ange hasn't picked uh, Lucas Neal, despite the injury concerns around these two guys, I think that tells you uh, everything you need to know about uh, Lucas's fu- uh, international future. Good to talk to you, David. We'll let you go and uh, find a new turntable to uh, to, to, <laughs> to enjoy some, some of your favourite players on. Good to talk to you. We'll catch you again next week. Good on you, guys. On ABC Grandstand Digital, Francis Leach. Football never stops. As soon as the season's over, it starts again. And Graham Arnold being announced as coach of Sydney FC has really been the, the first shot fight and anger of the next A-League campaign. That's Dimitrovic who lifts it towards the back post. Still it's there. Del Piero goes outside to Ali Abbas. First time ball looking for Ryan. Who scores and equalises. He's on the score again. <laughs> oh, boy. He finds a way. And now... He enjoys his moment of the corner flag, and it's 1-1. They had some good moments this year, Sydney FC, and they weren't that far, Cal, away from progressing to the next stage of the finals, but it wasn't enough to save Frank Farina. But Graham Arnold will be in charge next year, and he joins us here, the coach of the Sky Blues, on Grandstand Breakfast this morning. I don't know if Arnie's ever been in a float tank. No, <laughs> we can ask him. <laughs> soccer, you're, 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 you guys, uh, soccer who's never went in the float tank, did you, Arnie? Uh, never in the float tank. Never, never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think so. Congratulations on the appointment. <clears throat> Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's one that I'm looking forward to and very proud to be in charge of Sydney FC. Graham, Sydney boy, grew up uh, in the area and now you're coaching the, uh, the uh, I guess, the team under the spotlight in, uh, in Sydney. It must really mean something to you. Yeah, look, uh, as you said, I've, uh, I've been born and bred in Sydney and I played all my junior football in Sydney and, you know, I nearly went to Sydney FC on a couple of occasions, but, uh, for, you know, for certain reasons it wasn't meant to be and, you know, I just feel that, uh, the timing is right now and I never planned to, to be in this position today. I really hope that, uh, a great friend of mine, Frank Farina, would, uh, would have won the grand final after my stint in Japan, but, uh, Football is, uh, does funny things, and I'm very proud uh, today to be standing here saying that I'm in charge of Sydney FC. Graham, you did have a look at the job a couple of years ago and decided to stay with the Mariners. Take us to that point. Why did you turn the job down at that point? As I said, it's uh, you know for me, uh, everything is about timing. Um, at the time that, uh, <clears throat> that I was talking to Sydney, uh, they didn't have a CEO. It was in between Dirk Melton and Tony Pinata. Uh, you know, there, w- there was no real formal discussions with the board or, or with Scott Barlow. I didn't get to meet Scott and, and hear what he had to say on his philosophies and, and what his beliefs were for the club. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, there was demands put in place that, uh, I didn't agree with at the time. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I like, uh, I like to have say in what type of squad that I will be coaching. And, uh, that wasn't the case at the time. There wasn't many, uh, positions or spots available, but, uh, this time, there's eight eight spots available. There's two marquee players positions available <clears throat> that I can have some type of uh, imprint on the squad. And um, you know, as I said, the timing this time feels right. 
So the organisation or the board has been unpredictable at times over recent years, a little unstable, some would say. Given the fact that you're the eighth coach in nine years, were you a little nervous, a little hesitant, a little wary to sign on this time around? No, look, I think that's that's one of the things I um, <clears throat> wanted to do was to, to meet the board and, and hear what they had to say. And, and you know, and they've... they've you know, they, they feel that a lot of times after speaking to them, they've been unfairly criticised about things of, of interference or or at the same time being uh, very uh, hostile in, in making decisions. And, you know, they, you know I met them and, and they're, they're, they're wonderful people. And, um, you know, we had the same uh, thoughts and beliefs on where Sydney should go. Um, so, you know, I went away for a week. I left it in their hands and uh, had another discussion with them when I got back on, on Wednesday and it moved very quickly from there and I feel very comfortable with them. Uh, Scott Barlow is uh, obviously, uh, you know, being the, the chairman, uh, you know, he, he has, you know, beliefs in, in what he wants and uh, I, I've got no problem with that uh, as long as we work on, uh, we all work from the same page. Uh, that's important and I feel very comfortable with it. Graham Arnold's with his coach of Sydney FC, recently appointed this week here on Grandstand Breakfast around Australia. You did have a stint, Graham, in Vingalata uh, Sendai. I hope I've said that right in, in the Japanese yeah. J-League. It didn't work out. What happened there that uh, that was uh, made it so difficult for you and the reason why you, your tenure was cut so short? Yeah, look, it's... Uh... Yeah, it was my decision to leave the club because it was um, it was extremely frustrating. I, you know, it was a, a good experience uh, or a learning experience, but um, you know, I think my strength of, uh, as a coach is, is communication, um, trying to get the best out of people, uh, caring for people, and you know, and the tactical side of the game. But when you take those uh, aspects away from me, um, it's very difficult in the when you can't speak to them and like. It was very frustrating when you can't get the game plan across. Um, when you're standing there watching the, the team play a game <laughs> that that you didn't ask them to play, and uh, you know, and, and things don't work out that way. And you know, I called the meeting with the chairman, and you know, I, I you know, a wise person once said, "You always got to be careful what you wish for." And I wish to go to 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 Japan and make a success of it, but uh, I found it very difficult in my uh, not being able to use my strengths as a coach uh, to get the message across and do what I wanted I needed to do and I found that I was compromising my beliefs and 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 uh, uh, in what I wanted them to do and I just uh, you know I couldn't deal with it any longer <laughs> so I just you know I just I left it that way and yeah. I said to the chairman well it's either J League 2 or I leave now and uh, we came to uh, an agreement that I left and I'm very happy that I did because, uh, you know, I, I, as I said, I do have my standards and my beliefs and I, I wasn't sticking to that. One of your first jobs, Graeme, is uh, to replace the irreplaceable Del Piero. You've been given, uh, as you mentioned, total control of player recruitment. Uh, you need to find a, a marquee player or two. Where do you start? Well, I think you just uh, said that one word, uh, um, the irreplaceable, that, that sums up our, uh, Alessandro. You know, I think... For what he's done for the A League, the statue, the the, the the legend of the player is, and the the person is, is going to be nearly impossible to to replace. You know, he's been he's put the A League on the world map uh, because of the the quality of of player that he is. But what I've got to try and do is replace the the performance of Alessandro on the field. You know, he was 39 years of age. He he uh, he gave a lot to Sydney FC. He still he still produced quality. 
then I've got to go out and find uh, a player that will perform as well on the field as Alessandro, but won't be the name uh, the name and size of Alessandro. And, you know, I've got to find someone like a Bessart Barisha or a Thomas Broish that probably isn't a household name today, but when he, when he shows what he can do on the field, that all the fans and supporters of Sydney FC get excited and uh, realise what a quality player that person is and uh, we'll put bums on seats. And uh, that's uh, it's going to be a tough job to do, but uh, I've got scouts a lot, uh, all over the world that uh, will help me and we've just got to make sure we do the due diligence right to get that person and player right. Graham Arnold's with us here on Grandstand Breakfast. Just on that, I mean, are we looking at a, another big-name player? Does Sydney FC require a headline act, a, a Didier Drogba or Nicholas Anelka or someone like that? Well, look, as long as they fit the bill in, in performance, you know, I think we I had a good uh, discussion again with Scott Barlow on the board and, you know, they've, they've gone down the pathway uh, in the past of making sure that they... They get a big name, um, but again, uh, in discussions with Scott, it's it's uh, you know he's he's very comfortable, very happy with maybe not such a big name, but a, a, a top quality player, a player that will, uh, as I said, might not be a, a world name to a lot of people, but someone that will excite people and you know and 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 make sure that we get it right on the field. And can I ask you about Alessandro? Will he have a continued relationship with the club in some capacity? Well, uh, yeah, again, meeting the board and, and Tony Pinata, what they're telling me and, and what I believe is that Alessandro was, uh, the departure is very, uh, very amicable. Uh, Alessandro loves the club, uh, the football club of Sydney FC and, and the city. <clears throat> and, you know, he openly said if there's anything he could ever do to help the club, uh, he would do that because he loved his time so much here. And no doubt we'll lean on Alessandro, uh, you know, even to the fact if he could help us get a, you know, top marquee player uh, from Italy or anywhere that can make Sydney FC a better football club. He'd, he'd uh, have a reasonable well. contact book, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine it'd be a nice book if we could get it. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's uh, he's a legend of the football club. He always will be. And, you know, he'll always be welcomed back with open arms. Arnie, also, just looking ahead to the World Cup, uh, some of the players that uh, you've had relationships with will be vying for an opportunity. Tommy Rogic is one, Trent Sainsbury is another. Uh, these young men are about to embark on their first World Cup campaign uh, and a really tough one as well. Uh, um, you know these young men pretty well. You've coached them and you've coached against them. Without talking about the individuals, uh, what do you expect that we're going to see from them in this World Cup? Not not the results, but is it? do, do you believe they're made of the right stuff to be able to grow through the experience, whatever happens, whether it's good or bad? You never know until you're given the opportunity. And I think that's, uh, you know, Andrew's prepared to do that. And Andrew's stated from day one that uh, he's never, he'll never be scared to give those kids the opportunity. Do they have the quality? I believe they do. And, uh, you know, you look at Matty Ryan. Matty Ryan left here uh, last year. He's gone across to Belgium, and uh, he's the best goalkeeper in the league. I do believe, and I have heard that he's getting interest from Real Madrid. Uh, he's, he's been doing that well. Um, but uh, that kid won't be phased by anything. And, and players like Tommy Rogic, uh, if Trent Sainsbury got the opportunity, then um, they wouldn't be phased from, uh, wouldn't be phased uh, by the occasion. And <clears throat> you know, I know Ange's a coach. Ange uh, has high standards. Ange's a um, a guy who puts a lot of belief in the players. You can see by the way his teams play football that uh, he always wants to give them the opportunity to play. And I'm sure that uh, no matter what team goes out there, they'll do Australia proud. And, uh, you know, it's a pity that, uh, you know, I was involved in 2010 and 
you know, the, the, the turnover of players maybe should have happened earlier. Uh, from the golden generation, but it didn't, and it's put Ange in a more difficult position. But you know, knowing Ange, uh, he'll do a great he'll do a great job, and the players will be ready. Good luck with your preparations, Graham, for the upcoming season, and uh, we appreciate your time on Grandstand Breakfast this morning. No problem at all, guys. Thank you very much. If you love sport, here's a smart way to stay up to date with sports of all sorts. Bookmark your mobile with the ABC Grandstand website. Grab your mobile, visit abc.net.au slash grandstand and set the mobile site as a bookmark. It's the smartest way to stay up to date with comprehensive sports coverage from around the world. Plus, you can listen to Francis Leach for breakfast Friday to Monday every week. abc.net.au slash grandstand on your mobile.